one, my frizzy one. What you gonna do today? Gosh, Napoleon, cycling could be into town or boogie down. Moves you're learning from Dequan. Gosh, Napoleon, are you helping Uncle Rico going back in time? Or are you munching tots and drawing all the ligers? Dying, 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 dying. Woo! Dynamite Napoleon. Friendship bracelets, Rico offers better tits. Gosh, Napoleon, oh, you are a quirky one on the spectrum. You really didn't stand the test of time, Napoleon. Pedro thinks he lives up to the presidential hype. Though he and his cousins are racist Mexican stereotypes. My, 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 woo! D-d-d-dynamite Napoleon. Testing, 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 one, two, three, hello everybody, I hope I didn't lose you, I need you so much. This is the Kill Your Gods podcast, previously known as the I Hate Infinite Jest podcast. If you have just gotten here, and I don't think you did, uh, I did a full breakdown and 33 episodes, 36 with footnotes, of the 1996 David Foster Wallace classic, uh, Infinite Jest. And the reason I did that was because it was something that had been told was great to me before I had tried it, and I did not care for it. So I had to go in and figure out what was what and get the skinny for six goddamn months of post I still don't know whether I like that goddamn book or not. I have to be honest, it has completely flitted from my brain since finishing it which is a fine mercy. So this has become the Kill Your Gods podcast because I want to approach other culture and media and art in the same fashion. Uh, today we'll be doing Napoleon Dynamite, which again, as a, as a young lad on the mean streets of Belmar, New Jersey, 2004, I was told like, oh, you got to check out this movie. It's the funniest thing in the world. Only to find a frizzy-haired... Uh, cognitively deficient like kind of feels that way kid just bumping against things for an hour and a half and yeah just uh. imagine everybody told you a movie is great and you go see it and it's like eh, it's not that great but that's okay i haven't liked movies before but then your entire peer group is speaking fully communicating to each other in like quotes from this movie for six months. Like, it becomes a second language on its own. Like, uh, hey, I'm, uh, sorry, sorry your sister died, man. Like, yeah, well, sisters die. Gosh! We're, we're doing this? We're doing this? Okay, uh, how's, how, how was your mom taking the death of your sister? She's making some sweet tots! Ugh! Ugh, God, I'm, I'm cringing. I am cringing at the thoughts of all of us back in 2004. Because it was a horrible, horrible time. My guest this week is Aaron Bell. He's a friend of mine. He's a comedian. Uh, go check him out online at Aaron Bell. Uh, I think he's on Twitter as Dark Dark Skinned Gumble. Um, yeah, very funny guy. Just did the Milwaukee Comedy Festival earlier this year. Um, you can find me everywhere at Jesse Dram. 
at Mr. Jess Go on YouTube. Send me an email at jessedram at gmail.com if you can think of some other pop culture you would like me to tackle. In the coming weeks, here's what we have to look forward to. Obviously, today we have Napoleon Dynamite. Next week, we have Pop Punk with a good friend of mine, Joe Garifo, who never grew out of Pop Punk. Do you have somebody in your life who, in the year of our Lord, 2021, will still say, Yeah, did you hear the new MXPX album? Joey, the answer is no. The answer is no. I did not hear the new MXPX album. Outside of you and the close family members of MXPX, nobody heard the new MXPX album. But uh, I, I, I love pop punk, honestly. But it's still... You know, the origin of uh, the title of this podcast actually came with something I was arguing with on Reddit. And it had something to do with wrestling. But it was uh, it was somebody who was defending, like... An era of wrestling that is really, when you look back on it now, like, eh, it wasn't, wasn't that great. But he was really like, no, I, I wouldn't have gotten through middle school without the rock at this time. And out of nowhere, I just, I, I said, I typed to this person, like, you know, get over it, gr uh, grow up and kill your gods like an adult. And I think that is the theme of this podcast, like, like what you like. Like, I, I think Marvel movies are dumb. Like what you like, though. But at the same time, you need to have a little humility about you what you like. Uh, I, I don't think anybody likes the guy in his 30s who is, like, you know, really sticking up. Or like, the, the kid... It's like the guy who's still deep into the punk rock scene at 50 years old. Like... I'm glad you are fully enjoying the thing you are wasting your life on. I'm very happy for you. But you need to maybe admit to yourself, like, hey, maybe following the route of Gigi Allen was not a good life choice. So that's why we're, we're killing our gods, you know? We're, we're going to tear them down off the cross and then nail them up on the cross once again. Because like things, like things in a healthy manner. We know all about toxic fandoms. We're going to be talking about that on this podcast. Because, it, can you... Toxic fandom. Like, how is that a term? That is a... The only... Toxic fandom. The reason we have toxic fandoms is because this is what we have put our energy from religion into. Back in the day, like, if you insult, like, DC Comics to somebody and you see that look of shock on their face, the feeling they are feeling used to have a name. It's called blasphemy. You are speaking against something sacred and holy given down by the wise ones of our generation. Or maybe it's just artists who weren't good enough for a museum. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just a dickhead. My opinion shouldn't matter, but your ultra opinion also matters just a little less. So, that is what this podcast is. I am terrified I'm going to lose all my previous listeners. Um, I'm going to be honest, had some technical difficulties on this show. We're going to get it figured out. I still think it's a conversation worth having. We'll definitely have it all sorted out next week for Pop Punk. After that, for those of you, we are not getting far away from the book club aspect of this show. I want to do some other things in between the books, but we will get back to the books uh, after Napoleon Dynamite. After Pop Punk Part 1, I will be doing The Crying of Lot 49 by Thomas Pinchon. If you've ever wanted to get into Pinchon, this is the one to do it. It's 150 pages. We're going to knock it out in four or five episodes. First episode will be with my good friend Seamus Millar. After that, I will be reaching out into the internet Pinchon community. 
I think I reached out to a few of them for Infinite Jest, as a matter of fact, and unfortunately they just didn't have the time or weren't as big a fan of David Foster Wallace, but we will have them back on for Pinchon. Definitely want to do a Slaughterhouse 5 one. Uh, there's, there's a few book club ideas we have. In addition, I am slowly, slowly piecing together a uh, series on the Game of Thrones television series. Never watched it. Never watched it. I had a cousin who uh, made me watch it when it came out, and I went into it with an open mind. They showed me the first three episodes, and the way they pitched it to me was, uh, you know, like, you're going to love this show. It's, it's nothing but, like, blood and tits. Unfortunately for my cousin, and what they neglected to think about, is uh, pretty much all of the media I consume is covered in blood and tits. I did, I did not need to go to the market. <laughs> I did not need to go to the George R.R. R. market for more blood and tits in my media, because that kind of thing just happens in movies I watch. By the way, get Shudder. Shudder is a great horror app full of blood and tits. But yeah, Game of Thrones, I was just not that impressed. And even now, I've watched a few episodes, and uh, if I had a word to describe it, there would be two things. One would be confusing. Not that that's a bad thing. It's the beginning. They have a whole world to set up. But the main thing would be unremarkable. That's how I feel. I don't know. Maybe I'll love it. Maybe I won't. We'll see. Uh, by the way, Napoleon Dynamite this week, We I don't own a copy of that. We watched that on the Stars app, free trial. So go ahead and sign up for Stars. That's S-T-A-R-Z dot com. They are not paying me for this advertisement. I'm just letting, I'm being honest with you guys. So maybe, maybe this is a good way to get sponsors on the podcast. I'm going to tell you about everyone's free trial offers. Like, go sign up, and then you better fucking, you know, cancel that subscription before they charge you, and then I can be like, yeah, see, that was, that was a nice little traffic spike you got there. How, how would you like to convert that into some dough? But you, you gotta let me wet my beak, of course. Not much, only to wet my beak. Ask your friends, I'm good people. I've watched The Godfather recently, a movie that is not overrated. I will at some point, I want to have some people on to uh, give me shit for the things I like. So there will be a pro wrestling episode where I, I, I would like to try to, like, get some people, the people in my life who are the least susceptible to it, like, get them into a uh, cradle of filth, some heavy metal, professional wrestling, the films of Igmar Bergman. Don't let it be said, I'm a pretentious twat too. I'm as guilty as everybody else. This is going on longer than I intended. So, here we are. Kill Your Gods, episode one. I don't know why I'm saying one. I don't think we're numbering episodes like that. Why do I say we? I'm the only fucking... This is me in my second bedroom talking into a penis-shaped fucking uh, robot cock. I would hope a robot cock would be penis-shaped. It would be very strange if it was, I don't know, plant-shaped. I really went all the rails there. Guys, kill your gods. Episode one, maybe. Napoleon, 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 Napoleon. We are recording Kill Your Gods, episode one, technically. I don't think I'm going to put numbers on this. I haven't thought out the format yet. I shouldn't be doing it on the show. My guest this week. He's a good friend of mine. He's a Philadelphia comedian, super funny guy, Aaron Bell. How are you doing, Aaron? Good. How are you guys doing today? How are you, Jesse? 
I'm doing very, very good. Uh, question: Did didn't I have you on my old podcast, Magical Mystery Tour, at some point? Yes, you did. I forgot what we talked about, though. Honestly, the show- was there a theme? Was there a theme based on that? Was like only like a year ago, too. It seems like oh, yeah. forever. That, and that was that, at Neil's place. Yeah, we sure? recorded that at Neil's place. The entire theme of that was uh, funny people talking about the worst shit that ever happened to them. So. <laughs> So if you want to learn a lot about Aaron, go check out the <laughs> episode of the Magical Mystery Tour. That was, I think I remember it now. It's pretty yeah. funny. They're, they're so. still up. Like, I really liked that show. It's just, unfortunately, you know, it, it was hard to build an audience when, like, it was like, hey, we're going to talk to people you don't know about, you know, like a, a but, bunch of up-and-coming comics, basically. No, but that's cool, though, how you honestly are willing to, you know, start up and then try again and fail. It's not even really fail. You're just going from you have so many different ideas. You just go from one podcast idea to the other. So that's really what it is. And a lot of them aren't meant to be long term, especially mm-hmm. if they're like theme based. And especially, like you said, if we're drawing from mostly comedians, like it's kind of tough to build on that if that's all we know. Like now, it's really tough. So I think you're doing good with what your mm-hmm. different themes you're Infinite Just podcast. This oh, yeah. I'm glad to be the first guest. It's cool. Well, thanks, man. You know, I I had a, a fundamental disagreement with uh, Neil on Magical Misery Tour because he was my co-host. Because he's he's my best friend. You know, you want to work with your best friends. Yeah. But he is always of the opinion like, no, you got to put. He has that big stupid voice. Like, what you got to do is you got to keep. Like, it, it, it's a little bit yeah. like Macho Man, only not intimidating. He's so, just loud. He's very loud for no reason. I feel like sometimes I love him, but <laughs> yeah, Neil, Neil is a very loud, like imagine a guy who is like six foot five, yet you're not intimidated by even a little bit. And that's, yeah. uh, and that's Neil, but he was always of the opinion, like you need to make like a million episodes and then like people will come. I'm like, no, we've done 60 episodes. <sighs> Our numbers go down every episode because you know, it's, a, I understand that, like, you know, you got to put it in, but sometimes you also need to realize, like, oh, there's a fundamental thing in this that is not working and is not going to work. Uh, I have a question. I mean, I've not doing a podcast myself. Would you do something ever like they did, which is they changed the name of the podcast? I mean, I was on the old one, but I haven't been on the Cult of Us. I was oh, yeah. on Nerds of Words. So well, they basically changed the name of the podcast without actually changing the whole podcast, what it seems like from that's Aaron that's what we're doing right now this was this is no longer I hate infinite Jess. this is kill your gods podcast cool but I literally just changed the name like it's still going to be the same RSS feed uh if you were subscribed to I hate infinite Jess, I believe this is just going to pop up on there cool so because yeah I wanted to do the same thing I just didn't want to relegate myself not only to just infinite Jess and David Foster Wallace forever but I didn't want to do just books like we're still gonna do books don't guys don't run away please my listeners i love you don't run away from me i love you i love you so much baby i'll do anything i'll do whatever you want i'll do anal but uh (laughs) but i wanted to try some other things and we're gonna get into books again but before we go too far uh where can we find you on social media do you have anything you're plugging right now uh, you can follow me at Aaron Bell Comedy on Instagram, um, just Aaron Bell on Facebook, uh, Facebook, and on Twitter, I am Dark Skin Gumble, like Brian Gumble. So Dark Skin D A R K S K I N Gumble G U M B E L. You could tell by my voice. Yeah, basically that's the joke right itself. So yeah, follow <laughs> me on social media, Aaron Bell Comedy on Instagram. So yeah, and right. just basically. Not really much going on with shows with everything in the pandemic, but 
Yeah. yeah. You were doing pretty good, though. You got into <laughs> what was the big festival you got on? Milwaukee? Uh, yeah, I got into the Milwaukee Comedy Festival. So that was one of the last festivals I applied to. Everything that I had gotten to previously before had gotten canceled due to COVID. So it was scheduled originally to take place in August, but because of COVID, it got pushed back to October. And it was a downsized version from what it really typically is. It's a very big festival, mm -hmm. um, but because of COVID, it was operating maybe at 20% uh, capacity, but I had two good shows there. Um, yeah. I ended up getting in five mics in three days. So got in a mic in Ohio on Wednesday, and I had a show Friday night, Saturday afternoon, and I did a mic outdoors with comedians from Chicago Saturday afternoon. So it was a really good experience. And honestly, I recommend that festival, Milwaukee Comedy Festival. So it's a great experience. Right, the Midwest cool. is really nice. So, yeah. That's awesome. I still, I still have not gotten on any festivals aside from like, I tried to crash the Baltimore festival because I happened to be down there for a football game. So you <laughs> and, just uh, tried to get on stage, a guest spot, or is this like you knew someone? Well, I tried getting a hold of Marlenas because that was around the time she was running down to Baltimore a lot. She was not down there. Brian Isley was down there. He, okay. he tried to get me on a show. It didn't work. And I ended up giving him a ride home. So that was no, that's a respectable effort. Honestly, it's not like you just you had a game plan. That's what it sounded like. Exactly. Honestly, I always feel nervous just about rolling up to a place without knowing someone to eat, either introduce me to the booker. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of weird when just hey, I'm just showing up. It's it's kind of hard. See, like I said, I, I had the benefit that I was already down there for work, so it wasn't yeah. like. Uh, dude, nothing grosses me out than like the comedy hustlers where it's like your hustle sounds a lot like being a colossal pain in the ass and making people not yeah. like you like showing yeah. up and demanding things but i felt it was different like hey i was down here for work i had to go videotape the the ravens game yeah dude you're in the right you did the right thing you were in it's like the same thing you would do if you post in a group hey i'm in town at this place in maryland on this night do you guys have any open mics it's not anything different it just happened to be a festival it's higher caliber and you knew someone so not too bad worthy yeah. <laughs> like worthy effort and yeah. like honestly it's like think about it like festival shows there are good festival shows but like there probably are some shows that like you could probably get up on where it's like it might not be as good it was like oh throw this person up fuck it mm -hmm. so it's yeah. one of those things i still love the idea of just doing a road trip and just hitting open mics it, like yeah uh dude honestly i don't know if it's appealing to do just open mics on a road trip I, honestly i like the festival because well, it's, 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 it's not even excuse to because i, mean, I feel like sorry go ahead no, no, I feel like for me, when you go, I mean, to me, the festival gave me an excuse. So like, hey, we have, Milwaukee's 12 hours away. Mm -hmm. So we stop in Cleveland, which is exactly six and a half. There's mics in Cleveland. We hit a mic there. Then we go to Milwaukee. I had a show Friday night and I found, oh, there's a mic right around the corner after my show. So I hit that mic. And then I plan all these mics around the areas we were in based around the one festival. So if you mm -hmm. could get like a five or six day trip doing that. Now to me, just going to a state to try to do open mic, that's just pointless but i feel like you're so many years in you could just say hey i'm in this town for a show mm. people are willing to put people from out of town up even if they don't necessarily know them if you have a tape yeah. you're see a I, I did I, I did actually misspeak there like i didn't necessarily mean open like what i really find appealing is the notion of like showing up a place where nobody has seen you and being like you know like all right now watch me flex my shit right here no but dude that's the best feeling because you remember why you got into this and you remember why you're funny like when you just tell it in front of the same people all the time it's not like you start to hate it and like you have to yeah. sign, kind of tell those jokes where you're like oh i like this joke 
I haven't used in a while, but this crowd loves it. It's like, oh, I remember that feeling. These are good jokes. And like, these are jokes you may use for years. These are jokes you might oh, yeah. eventually well, see, grow that, out that, of. That, that's like, what it, you, you take realize... them different places. It's, a, it's like, it's fun. It's like a game. It's like, is, is this group of people going to like it? How does this joke sound in this state? Like, it's, it's cool. It's, like, I like it. it. Like, the, the one or two times I did it, what I realized is like, oh, I wasn't sick of telling these jokes. I was sick of the diminishing returns of doing it in front of the people that had seen it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. We could talk about comedy forever. Yeah. We're here to talk about something not fun something uh bad for the soul and bad dun, for dun, art dun, 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 dun. that would be napoleon dynamite so i actually i i actually made the connection between napoleon dynamite and infinite jest a lot during the show and that's part of the reason i'm doing it first because they were both things that uh people spoke of like it was incredible like you haven't read this you haven't seen this oh no you gotta see it it's the best thing ever and then i gave it a shot i'm like what the fuck am i wasting my time on i yeah. do i don't know what, what was your experience because when so, i i for the listeners i put out a feeler for amongst my friends on facebook like hey i'm gonna do this podcast what's some things you like or don't like or popular things that you ever dislike and aaron said like napoleon dynamite can't fucking stand it so like okay gotta have him on yeah so it was kind of along the same lines as you with it's one of those movies where kids would repeat the movie lines all day and it wasn't necessarily funny when they did it at all and then i briefly watched it and it it was terrible like it was one of the things i moved to bucks county in fifth grade and the kids were just repeating that it wasn't funny <laughs> I like it like, wasn't funny. It was. It was just. It was. It wasn't funny at all. Like I just didn't find it funny. I watched it for thirty minutes. I was like, "This is stupid." I didn't see the point of it. There was no plot line. There was really no plot line. Like, mm -hmm. I I feel like if you are a creative, funny kid, middle school and high school is probably the worst place in the world to be. Like, how many times when you were a kid, when somebody would be like, oh, you got to meet such and such. They're so funny. And then you meet them and like, oh, they're just repeating Austin Powers. Yeah, no, that's that's a lot of white kids humor in middle school and high school. That's really I, what it comes okay. down to. I had to realize this was a white kid thing. No, it was like, no, but like, it was a white kid thing. Like, I went to school in the suburbs in middle school and high school. Kids would just repeat movie lines. It would be like um, Napoleon Dynamite, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. It would be so many different movie lines where it's just like, you're not funny. The move, Some of the movies that you're repeating are funny, but you're annoying. And some of the teachers don't tell them to shut up. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. just hate shit like that. And they did that with Napoleon Dynamite in like the fifth grade era. Like. So wait, Aaron, are you telling me that black kids do not repeat movie quotes? Black kids, I'm sure, repeat movie quotes, but I don't know. I'm not around those black kids to know they repeat okay. movie quotes. I don't know. Okay. We don't repeat I... movie quotes. Like, I don't think we do. We don't. It's just like, but like as a sense of humor, like, I don't think we just do that on a regular mm. basis out loud. That's not yeah, our thing. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about because I feel like the older version of that is like, you know, I'll, I, I can think of like uncles that would talk in like Goodfellas or Godfather quotes. So maybe this yeah. is just a white people thing. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Like they think they're funny when they're doing it and it's just annoying. It makes me want to hate the movie. That's what it does. So that's, it, that, that, that's the thing. The movie is essentially an innocent in this because it would be one thing if I just watched it like, eh, not really my taste or whatever. But like, imagine going to see a movie. The first, everyone told you is great. So your expectations are up. Not only do you not like it, 
But then for six months afterwards, everyone you know is quoting it. And yeah. also, you're 14, 15 years old, so, like, they are solely communicating via, like, you know, like, yeah, it's a sh sure is a shame my uncle died. Like, yeah, it's a shame. Gosh! Like, <laughs> oh, no facts. That's how they would do it. It was like, this is so stupid. Like, where's the punchline? <laughs> like, yeah, well, oh, God. So, all right, I I'm going to get into some fun facts before we really get into the summary. And I have some clips here. So if you're listening, I'm going to try to do this for every episode from now on. Uh, I'm going to have a companion piece. So in this case, all you need to do, go on YouTube and search KYG, Napoleon Dynamite, and you should get a playlist of clips that you could watch along as we make fun of it or look it up afterwards. I don't, I don't know. I'm not your fucking boss. Do it at your leisure. I don't care. So some quick things I learned. Uh, first off, the name Napoleon Dynamite was originated as a pseudonym or alias for the musician Elvis Costello on his <coughs> album, Blood and Chocolate. Uh, the writer director of Napoleon Dynamite claims to have no foreknowledge of this instance and seems to hold a grudge about it. Um, oh. oh yeah, uh, Elvis Costello holds a grudge about it with a whole like, you know, they said they didn't know, but you know, they know. Uh, I hate Elvis Costello. He will be an episode of this podcast. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, he once referred to Ray Charles and James Brown as jive-ass N-words, and it ended up in the paper. Oh, that's wild. Um, okay, I was about to ask you to explain who Elvis Costello is, because I've heard people reference his name before. I don't know exactly who he is, but yeah. So this is what seems to happen in music, is uh, there seems to be like true, inspirational, original progenitors of an art, like think like the early punk rock bands think like early hip-hop when it was like still block party shit and then uh you know columbia graduates at rolling stone eight years later they get their annoying overeducated white boy version of that and then they claim that that's the best yeah so like in this case elvis costello showed up like eight years after punk rock and was a little punk rock and so a bunch, but, but he looked like the nerds who become writers at Rolling Stone. Okay. So he could pass. Yeah. So then they prop him up. I, I never got it, especially he seems to be just a dickhead. Like again, so he's just basically a writer, a writer that was a cunt. Well, no, no, no. He was like, I'm trying to think like, okay. You, you know how somebody who's into somebody who's into hip hop, but like, you know, like, oh, I like hip hop. Just, you know, it's a little too masculine and violent. I like, okay. like, I oh, like their, their form of way. They, and it's not even their original. Okay. I know what you're talking about. It sounds like, okay. Liberal comedians that get in it for the wrong reason. That's exactly what it sounds like. Exactly. Like think like, yeah. th think like a rapper, like common common is an incredible rapper, but he is also like the safest if you don't want to you know actually get into the culture at all like that's a, that's a safe one for like an okay he's the, okay i know like. okay yeah he's the he's a safe black person okay there we go cool so, uh, so yeah, said that, I, jesse I, I, <laughs> no i i would say elvis costello is like punk rock that your mom won't get upset punk rock where you don't need to get a mohawk like okay that kind of shit. okay um so, and also just to put out there, like, I'm not saying this to like cancel. I said this a lot on Infinite Jest. Like, I'm not trying to cancel anybody. Canceling is when you try to tear down somebody great with whatever. I'm saying, no, this is a guy who was always a shitty artist. He just happened to throw the N-word around a lot too. 
but um, <laughs> didn't help. <laughs> yeah, didn't help. No, just it's another thing on the pile. Uh, something I didn't know: the star of this movie, John Hader, he was originally only paid a thousand dollars for the all of his work on this. What? <laughs> Uh, he, so he, he renegotiated. Was, he said he made some money after the fact, but initially, all he was paid was a thousand dollars. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, what's the budget, and was this his first film that he starred in? Is that the reason? Uh, I think the budget was like uh, four hundred thousand, and but uh, that, I think that counts. In, so I did some uh, indie film in my early twenties, and what you find out is so much of the budget is nothing to do with anything that was like shot edited it's all shit okay. after the fact like promotion oh um, well. getting you know getting getting an, yeah. an entertainment lawyer but uh so this was one of his first films as a matter of fact him and the director went to school together i am going to do a screen share here because there is actually a proto napoleon dynamite and if you guys pull up uh kyg Napoleon Dynamite, you will see this as well. Aaron, can you see the uh, YouTube thing I have pulled up in the background? Yes, I do. Okay, so this is from a short film called Palooka, which uh, was made before Napoleon Dynamite, but we're going to watch for a second and see the same exact scene. That is loud. There we go. This is a different movie or same movie. It's Napoleon right here, right? It's, it's still Napoleon. It is just okay. an earlier version of that, even though it's exactly the same, uh, which again, th this opening, the exact same character, the exact actor? same character. Yeah. It's the same character, same guy. But a different movie. Yeah. But keep in mind, this whole thing is only like eight minutes long. So this was like a student film that started it out. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's a lot of like, you know, ugh, the, gosh, and then that's it. That's, that, that's all of it. And it, yeah, because the beginning of the movie, that was like our first introduction to Napoleon. He's standing outside of, uh, of his house waiting to get picked up by the school bus. He goes to the back. Some kid says, you know, what are you going to do today, sir? Whatever I feel like, gosh. And then he threw the shit out there. Yeah. So, to me, that's like, it's, it, it's so kind of not good. Yet clearly he thought that the director thought it was so good that he just reshot the same exact thing for the film itself. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't, know. I, I don't understand the appeal. Um, oh, okay. So the opening sequence of this movie, uh, the, the credit scenes is like people putting like hands, like putting food out with like the credits written on them. So this was done specifically a lot. That was not in the original film. A lot of people who watch this movie had no idea when it was supposed to take place. And yeah. they assumed it was the eighties. Oh, wow. So they specifically did that opening sequence so they could have him put his student ID that says 2004 to 2005. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. But here's the fun thing. The studio loved that idea for the credit sequence. So this was like, they already shot the thing. They'd already sold it to a studio. So they're like, okay, we like it. Let's see if we can jazz it up a little bit. They liked the opening sequence, but they hated how John Hader's hands looked on film. They said, like, he's got a hangnail and stuff. Can we reshoot this with a hand model? Which is, you know, Yo. 
Yeah, independent film, why not? But the director said they sent a hand model in for this, but his skin was like three or four tones darker. Bruh. Yeah, they have some off tones of racism and shit in this movie. Yeah, like fucking. They really do. Yeah, La Fonda, the Cholos with Pedro. The fact uh, that Pedro's entire character is kind of like sleepy Mexican. Yeah. He, I don't even, dude, honestly, I don't even think Pedro was on the spectrum. I don't even think, he just didn't speak English. I don't really, that's it. Like, he just, he just fell into the categories. Like, here's a foreign kid. We don't know what to do with him here. Bam. Yeah. And then Napoleon just gravitates toward him. Well, see, okay. You and I had a discussion about this off, off camera. Yeah. Uh, where you and I were discussing uh, the spectrum, which is, we, you know, we've agreed, obviously, you don't want to use any slurs or anything here but like it really feels like most of the people in this movie are just like cognitively disabled in some way or yeah like i i agree and i realized that more now when i actually took the time to watch the full movie and you actually made me aware of that and i realized oh yeah like eight minutes in you could tell this kid is like special needs he's on the spectrum yeah because him the girl she like gives him she tries to give him like the bracelets or whatever. And then she like runs away and then they sit by themselves. And then you even see the interactions with the kids in school and gym, like where we've been like that in middle school, high school, where like you can tell like, okay, there are certain kids we know, okay, there's special needs. Like we treat them nicely, but we don't try to Mm -hmm. do the condescending thing to take advantage of them. And then you see those like asshole kids that try to take advantage of those kids uh, because they know their special needs and they just want to make fun of them. And you saw that, like the gym class incident, and maybe the time he, did he did he get beat up one time too? Oh uh, yeah, something? like I, I, he he gets like pushed around a little a bit. a little bit. But it's like, but even the jock guys, they don't seem like they're all like it. It, it seems like this movie seems like dumb people versus special needs people. Yeah, and it's and, not even funny. It's not even like I because I'm trying to think back to the humor back then, but it's just like it's not even. I don't even find it offensive. I just don't even find it funny. It was just such poorly, not not even like a storyline. So, well, unfortunately, this is like very much in line with uh, other humor of the time, specifically internet humor. In that, it, it did seem like that was funny for a while. It, it was just like saying random things. Like, all right, you know, I wasn't going to put this as a clip, but I think it is necessary because I was going to reference it. Uh, so I was showing my girlfriend the other day, I found like a top 10 video and it was top 10 viral pre YouTube videos. So just like short ones that would be on like new grounds or other sites like that. Uh, are you aware of the badger mushroom song? No, I am not. Okay. It's my first time seeing this. I'm like, this looks interesting. We're, it looks like a kid video. If we're going to watch this, this was the <laughs> peak of 2004-2005 humor. Yo, I, want you, really? I, want, I want you to pay attention to the subtle yet intricate Yo. setup and punchline. Like it's Bruh. really it's really building a world and then pointing out like the inconsistencies within. Ooh. Or we could watch this Peloton Who's this dude? ad. Okay. This is this is Napoleon Dynamite if he tried hard. Yeah. yeah. Is there sound? Oh, can you not hear it? I'll turn it up louder. Can you hear it now? No, I don't hear it at all. Oh. Hold on. I'm still new at this. 
This is important. It's the first episode. Yeah, this is important. No, I need to make this work. Share screen. Damn, I don't, I'm realizing now I don't know how to share audio. Fuck. Okay. Well, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just, uh, I'll perform it for you. Give me two seconds. This is a musical, (laughs) this is a musical podcast. I did not plan to have music in this episode, but I can give you a proximity of it anyway. This is how that song goes. Badger, 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 mushroom. Badger, 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 mushroom. And that's that's it. That's that was comedy in two thousand and four. Okay, so I feel like every generation has that sort of dumb thing. Like if this was the hit in two thousand and four, really? Like this was super super viral before like even youtube was a thing why are yeah i don't want to get into why a lot of dumb shit in pop culture goes viral but like even something like gangnam style like i remember in like the fucking beginning of college which was like 2012 that was a big deal and like uh-huh. kids i played sports with were like would listen to that song and shit like that. i'm like this is stupid like so you, you know what's, what's the appeal what's the appeal what's the appeal what's the appeal to dumb shit i'm sorry you know what's funny? I don't like Gangnam Style, but there is another music video by uh, Psy called Daddy that I legitimately like. I I love that song so okay. fucking much. Is it worth checking out? It is worth checking out because it's, it's the same thing. Like it's mostly in Korean, but the whole uh, pretty much the whole premise of the song in the video is like, you know, hey, would you get that body from? I got it from my daddy. And that's that's it. But it's very entertaining. Okay. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Here's another fact. Uh, everyone involved in this movie is Mormon. All of them. Does that have anything to do? Everyone. Everyone. I mean, Even LaFondo. Maybe... Even LaFondo. Even I'm going to. I'm going to go out on a Even limb. Even the Cholos. I am going to go out on a limb and say LaFonda and the Cholos are uh, Scientologists. No, I. Okay. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I know. I know that the star and the writer, director, and a lot of the people, they all met at uh, Brigham Young University in, okay. I guess that's Utah. The movie shot I think in it's Idaho. Utah. In, is Idaho Mormon? Or is it, that's just a cheap location that they could film probably. I'm no, sure. I, I think that's where they were from. Not to mention Utah and Idaho are like, you know. Not that far. Not yeah, that they're far. geographically consistent. All that, dude, when you go out west and like, so the fact that we live here in like Philly, I, I don't know who listens to this where. But the fact that we live here in like Philly to go to another state, like you can get to another state within, I can get to four other states within 30 minutes. And then, you know, we go to what we're talking here is like geographically consistent, like Utah and Idaho would be like, yeah, let's just go to Maine for the weekend. Like the distances are just so much fucking further apart. Uh, Is Maine far from here? Maine's like four. No, 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 no. Because because you would have to go through Boston, and Boston is like six, seven hours, I think. Is it? Is I don't know. The, I don't. I don't know the geography up there, honestly. Yeah, I, I really haven't. I've not done much in the Northeast. Yeah. But uh, okay. So, sorry, I'm jumping ahead here. Um, yeah, there is a lot of. Uh, did did we dip entirely into the race stuff? Because there's a few things. Uh, no, we didn't dip entirely. Oh, well, actually, into well, it. no. But before I get too far from that other thing, we talked about. It feels like a lot of these people are on the spectrum, which uh, brings up a lot of questions. Like, are we are we laughing 
at these people. Like, I, I, I feel like if this movie was done today, they would have actually like addressed that and made that a thing. I don't think you could make this today without yeah. addressing like what's going yeah, on. That's what me and my girlfriend were talking about. Like honestly, if it was done today, it'd probably be done in a more positive manner, addressing the issues and how an autistic person lives on a daily basis while um, kind of you know putting it in a way where these are still people, they're functioning, they're human. Uh, as opposed to Napoleon Dynamite. Like, have you seen Atypical on Netflix? I have not. I've heard all about it. Yeah, Atypical is, like, really good. It's just, I think it's three seasons, and it follows this boy in high school, and he's autistic, and it follows, like, the effects it has on his family, his sister, his mom, brother, and then his interactions with people, and him just kind of fitting in and trying to go to college and things like that. But it's, like, it's just normal. He's, like, a normal person. Uh-huh. He just happens to be autistic. But this was like, like you said, it's like a humor of the times, really, when it comes to this. Because, it's like, the ending scene was he won fucking president because Napoleon was the kid that was on the spectrum and he did a dance in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. And that was given, that tape that was given to him by, I forgot it was even given to him by him, by, but, like. LaFonda. La LaFonda gave, La gave it to him. And then, like, even remember the scene where it was just, like, the girl reluctantly took him to the dance because like, uh, because, because his mom, his yeah. his uncle was talking to her mom and just said like oh yeah he's special he pisses the bed so when he yeah. asked when he asked her out uh her mom does like you're taking that boy to the dance yeah which you know what that has popped up in pop culture so much that i wonder how many girls have had to take the special kid to the dance <laughs> did you ever see freaks and geeks yeah i watched freaks and geeks i don't what episode? I don't really the, the, the first episode. That's uh God. If you guys have not seen Freaks and Geeks, go check it out. Uh, the not, the first episode again. It kind of it kind of comes in when we're because t- that was a very true to life thing. Uh, the main character sees. Well, no, she has already said that she's going to take the special kid to the dance because he asks a few girls out and they laugh and say no. So he des- she decides to take like a Lisa Simpson like stance. Like yes. Uh, I don't know his name and I want to say Gordy, which I don't think I should do because that sounds a little nervous. <laughs> but like Ben, like, yes, Ben, I would love to take you to the dance. Yeah. And then later she sees some other kids making fun of him, like, but like talking with him, but like making fun of him kind of. Yeah. And she actually says in there, like, you know, no, they're joking on you because you're retarded. And the kid starts screaming at her. And ends up falling and breaking his arm. So like, she, oh, she tries to do everything right and makes everything wrong. Yeah, that's crazy. Ugh. But um, yeah, it's uh, I I don't want to make it like you know. Well, if you're making a comedy, you should try to do all these things still. Like I understand, like they're trying to make a comedy movie, but again, it does seem so much different than the randomness is really what makes it seem more like he's just a quirky awkward kid he has too much confidence is kind of what it is you think so well i don't know if i got that i don't know if i got confident it's just like he already knows his personality but he already knows he's kind of like he's already kind of knows he's on a spectrum without I like think someone telling I, I don't know well no, he no, was no in I, the general population he was in the general population right i i think yeah. his outward appearance is like uh, uh, aggressive there's no like you know oh i you know i i don't know it's a, no i want to do this so yeah. like he, he's he's at least confident in his opinion or his presenting as such even if not 
on the inside. Like the only the only people in this movie that I feel like there's not something wrong with Yo. really is kind of like Deb. Deb comes across Yo. as awkward. And uh and and Rico just comes across as like dumb and mean. Yeah. Yo, Deb is kind of cute, I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, I'm uh Yeah. That, that I, is that wrong for saying way. that? That works for yeah. me in a weird way. Yeah, she's a little cutie. Dev is a little cutie, straight up. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it really was just like special kids versus everyone else. That's really what mm-hmm. it came down to. Like it's, it's like yeah, it's bad. It was a, it was a shitty movie. Uh, well, well, yeah, one of the things I love about it is so the movie was shot entirely in Idaho, which I don't need to tell anybody listening that's not a place where movies are typically shot but uh i i do love movies that are shot in specific locations with like non-actors just because like you ever go on a road trip and you just notice like a subtle like everybody looks kind of different here like i i don't know how milwaukee would have done because it's like a major city but uh many years ago me and my friends went to like lacrosse wisconsin for a weekend And there was a general notion just looking around here that like everybody here is kind of ugly in a weird like like oh like, like a specific area has a specific yeah uh, I know what like, you're talking about. a specific area has a specific type of ugly looking people I know exactly where you're talking about yeah I know what you're talking about it's like everybody knows that like one crackhead or like meth looking girl because the head's like small mm-hmm. like you know that certain look regardless of like race or whatever you know like this person might be one something like you know uh, people from a particular area are like oh this fits like this is why why does this stereotype fit right here like right but, but, but not even specifically that but just like I, i'm i am struck watching this movie with just like oh we don't really have those kind of people around here they're like a special kind of like uh, Dude, so, so they so, look like they're all about to have a heat stroke yeah exactly Bruh, but, but like, like, yeah, so so from where we are in philly if you want to talk about like the white people around here Honestly, the bulk of them are like, uh, you know, early 20th century migrants. So you're dealing with a lot of like Ireland, uh, Italy, whereas these people like these people came over on the fucking Mayflower. They are nothing but English and they have just been here for hundreds of years, which is why they were the first ones to like, eh, I'm sick of the Atlantic Ocean. Let's wander over that way for a few months. And just like, and they have just been so contained because like it's fucking yeah. Idaho. I don't think those cholos actually live in Idaho. Yeah, they they, they diversified got, the gene pool. Yeah, they just got transported in there for the movie. Mm-hmm. Bounce got their check. They probably got paid more than anybody else, honestly. I mean, if they were supplying that dope fucking car. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, let, let me ask you this: Was there any scenes in the movie that you actually laughed at? Like, what parts actually got you? Uh, let me see if I'm trying to remember here. I'm looking, I'm looking. Like, I originally did laugh at, like, Pedro offers your protection when the cholos, like, rolled up. Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. Like, because, like, the kid had already messed with, like, the fucking goofy-ass kid, and they just rolled up at the same time, me and mugged them, and the white kid just ran away. I thought that was pretty funny, honestly. <laughs> uh, my, my first laugh was uh, when the popular girl gives napoleon the note for pedro and oh yeah. yeah so on the outside it's just like a heart with an arrow through it and it says pedro and then he folds it open and it just says no yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yo. he oh that shit was funny 
Yeah, that was that uh, was pretty good. Um, that was fucking funny. He brought her a cake and everything. He did the drive-by cake delivery. He did Uber Eats before Uber Eats. <laughs> like, he just dropped that shit. Like he just fucking dropped it. He just got on his bike and fucking rode away. God, see, you're making me think now. How exactly does this movie work in 2020? Like, yeah, he would, he would drop off an Uber Eats. Yo, bro, Michael Sarah should have played him, and it would have been a better movie, honestly. A goofy Michael Sarah and Napoleon Dynamite. So, yeah, John Hader was not in a lot after this, but there's one thing I really have to give him credit for. Um, so, or, I forget, are you a wrestling fan? Uh, not really, but I, under, like, okay. yeah, I don't know any new people. So there was a period on WWE where it, it, people in the wrestling community know that like they're always trying some big thing to like pop the rating, whether it makes sense or not. They went through a weird era where like every week there would be a guest host of Raw. And it would be like Bob Barker or like the cast of the A-Team movie. Like it was really weird. One week, Napoleon Dynamite, the actor, John Hader, was the host. But it was so great because he did something. Usually these people are showing up. They're there to get a paycheck and like, yeah, I'll look tough. And, you know, I'll punch the bad guy at the end. But John Hader did it right. He showed up. He said, no, nah, I want to be a bad guy. So yeah. during the course of the show, he comes out, he's wearing a wrestling singlet and he's doing the whole like, I'm from Hollywood. I'm here. I'm better than you scum. And like, I love when people really get in and are willing to like play the character of being the bad guy. The only other person in WWE to ever do that is uh, Kevin Federline. The That's guy fun. who married Britney Spears. Yeah. Dude, he has a win over John Cena because, like, he just showed up like a dickhead and, like, helped out the bad guys, and it was so fucking funny. That's funny as shit. Yeah. But, yeah, like, talking about the, uh, just how people look there, like, I would say, like, Summer and Trisha are supposed to be, like, the hot girls of the Yeah. And, Dude, and, they were, like, middle school hot. Middle school, high school hot, bro. Yeah, and I, I don't want to get full-on objectifying women, but it's it, it's that little, like, Okay, I don't want to reduce them to their looks, but at the same time, like we all know what the fuck we're talking about here. Like that's yeah. like uh, an Idaho ten is like a New York five, maybe. Yeah, I agree. I feel bad. Do women rank men like that, or, or are we just pigs? I don't know. I don't even know when they're checking us out. To be honest, I'm stupid. Yeah, that is. Like, I, I I was never. I don't know. Able. Like, I just was, tell me. Tell I me was, if you're interested. <laughs> yeah, I was never able to pick, like, the worst thing for me was, like, bars. I could never, ever, like, yeah. pick out anybody making eyes. The one time I picked out a girl making eyes with me, it ended up in, like, yeah, did you ever have, like, obligation <clears throat> obligation hookup sex? Or no, just, I like, didn't, honestly. Uh, I, I, I put out the wrong vibe, and then I felt bad, and then it became, like, Listen, I don't want to hurt your feelings, so I'm just going to ruin the next five hours of my life and bring you home. Was so. she an ugly one then, I'm guessing? She was not my type. Let's put it that way. I was, uh -huh. I, I was hitting on her friend. And e even this was all... <laughs> I, was, I was at a bar down the street from my house. I wanted to stop in for a drink. I was making eyes at her friend, and then suddenly the, the friend just like works her way in. And it's like, man, I really... I'd really just want to go home, but I haven't had sex in a bit. And she's trying really hard. Like, I kind of, I like, I like your moxie. <laughs> <kid. Like, laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you have just that, that post ejaculate of like, 
Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go sleep on my couch. for. <laughs> Damn. How about out there like a wounded warrior? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 took, I took one for kindness tonight. Um, so, Diedrich Bader from the... Uh, oh, so, yeah, here's a weird thing. How old do you think Pedro is in this movie? Okay, uh, I will go 27. Okay, I, I don't know the actual age, but I had a weird thing. Um, so there's a horror movie streaming service called Shudder. And on there, there is a terrible movie everybody needs to check out. It's called Tammy and the T-Rex. So, Aaron, let me pitch you this movie. Uh, apparently, this movie was made by... Uh, there was a guy who just like somehow in his travels uh, came to own an animatronic T-Rex doll, like an eight foot animatronic Chuck E. Cheese style robot T-Rex. And he approached a local filmmaker and said, Hey, got one of these T-Rexes would make a good movie. So they made a movie around the fact that they had this thing. The plot of this movie is uh, Denise Richards, a young Denise Richards. This is 1994. You know who Denise Richards is, right? Uh, Christian Coffee for a second, right? No, I'm sorry. My bad. I don't know who Denise Richards is. Uh, She was was Charlie Sheen's wife for a little bit. Um, She was in like Starship (laughs) Troopers, Wild Things. She was big for a hot minute. Okay. I don't know a lot of actors, to be honest. I know names more than anything, but I don't know faces. Okay. Well, pretty much, she was pretty hot like five years after this movie she is a Mm -hmm. high school cheerleader whose boyfriend gets killed and his brain gets put into an animatronic dinosaur and uh that boyfriend is played by a young paul walker from the fast and the furious which is crazy out of nowhere there's a pizza boy and uh it's pedro like like 11 years before napoleon dynamite just randomly showing up in this fucking dinosaur frankenstein movie what does he look like? He looks like Pedro. That's why I kind the of... same exact way. Yeah, exactly. He looked exactly the same. All right, you know what? <sighs> Yo, none of this bullshit. I need to just look Bruh, up this same ass, mu- same mustache, same little mustache. Bruh. And I had I had a brief minute. Unfortunately, all right. So this is like the curse of uh, the white guy currently because you know we have it so hard. The curse of the white guy being like, is that? Is that a guy I know from somewhere, or is that just a Mexican and I'm racist? But no, it was, <laughs> I, I looked it up, and it was actually him. What the fuck is his name? Efren Ramirez. So 1973. Uh, so he was like 34 when this movie came out. Bro. Yeah, wouldn't that have thought? No. When when this dinosaur movie came out or Napoleon Dynamite? Uh, when Napoleon Dynamite came out, he was 34. So he would have been like what the fuck? He also, I don't know if you can see this. He looks a lot like Dorian. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he does. A little bit. Wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what, were, what, what was your feeling on some of the racial stuff in this movie? Because we have... Uh, uh, I mean, like, it was just like... I wasn't like... The, it was just like, oh, this is just a stereotype. Well, it was just like... LaFonda, you knew she was going to be black. That's really what it was. It wasn't like surprising. It was like hack, I guess. But it wasn't yeah. like this suck. It wasn't like, oh, I'm pissed off. I'm just like, I, mean, I could I expect it for this movie. 
I was actually surprised by La Fonda just because, like, aside from, like, the name and the fact that Kip starts dressing up in a do-rag after. Yeah. It's really not that bad, I guess. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything, like... It's just supposed to be silly, I guess. Do you, the do movie, you a, it was just overall of its time. It was just typical. It was just so stupid. That's really what it was like. Yeah, I, I, I don't like. If we had to tell somebody what is this, what is the major plot of this it's, movie? Like, it's just there's Napoleon, and like, I'm actually really surprised that uh, just because Vote for Pedro was like such the big cultural touchstone, the shirt, yeah. and I feel like the presidential election thing doesn't even come up till halfway through the movie. Yeah, that's literally maybe the last half hour of it. It's mm-hmm. and it's just like Pedro wasn't it wasn't really his idea, right? I forgot. Um, was his idea. Actually, no, I, I I I think it was Pedro's idea. He saw it and he got like an idea like this will get me some kind of respect. Okay. Oh, dude, the piñata. When he hit piñata, that's funny. I was thinking about that. I Remember he hit, he, <laughs> yeah, summer he made it, and he's just like, "Yo, in Mexico, they make piñatas." We uh, celebrate. But yeah, no, he he, he, he makes a, he makes a piñata of his opponent, and then immediately gets called into the principal's office. He's like, "You know, you cannot beat your opponent in effigy," <laughs> and he's just complaining later, like, "We do it all the time back." I I feel like I'm not allowed to do that voice. But, uh, yeah, it's fine. It's, do, a, it's a character. We, we do it all the time in Mexico. I don't understand. Um. Oh god, people talked a lot about tater tots after this movie. Oh, that dude, that was actually kind of funny too. A little it was just dumb. It was just dumb shit. Like. So I can I can respect it as somebody who is super gross with food. Um you you and I have talked about the fact that you and I basically have like the same girlfriend right now. Not in like a yeah. po- not in a polygamy polyamory way, but mean like they're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Uh, does Does your girl give you shit for like being gross with food? Uh, yeah, I, re- depends on what, I don't think I do too much gross shit though when I eat. Uh, uh, Perry, what do you do when you eat? What do you do when you eat? Perry gives me so much. For one thing, uh, I think napkins are a tool of the devil. Like, just unnecessary. I so... never. Growing up, we never had a napkin at the table. Like, you wash your hands after, get a little dirty, but. Uh, do you don't wipe your mouth off or anything? That's what it's really I for. Wipe, you don't want your mouth to get dirty or anything on your chin. That's I really wipe, I wipe my it. mouth off with my fingers and then I wash my hands. Out. No, that's gross, dude. That's gross. Especially if you're eating finger food. Like, that's gross. Dude, okay. come on. Well, I mean, you I have also, to use a like, right, let, let's, say, let's say I had a plate of delicious tater tots. Gosh. And uh, I put some ketchup on those tater tots. It's very possible that at the end of the meal, I might like take my finger and like wipe up some of the remaining ketchup and then lick it off my finger. Is that gross? Wait, how are you applying the ketchup and what are you using to eat the ketchup? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm eating the tater tots with like a fork. You know, I'm putting the ketchup okay. on top of the tater tots, which right there, she is a dipper. I am a pour on topper. We are, you know, Montague's oh, and Capulets. Dude, I put it, I'm more, I'm more of those people either I just like pour it on top or I'll put it into the empty space and then I'll pull the food to that space and then do it like that and mix it up. See, I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't like dipping. You never get enough, ever. <laughs> that is true. But, uh, but yeah, but like once I'm done my plate, if there's like some sauce left, I will probably take my finger do and basically just get a good little line of sauce and just like lick it off my finger. Is that so gross? Okay. If you behaved 
all the way through. Okay, you're rewarded with that. That's not I'm bad. rewarded with that. Okay, yeah. so, well, that's that's implying I behaved all the way through, which might not be the case. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, as somebody, I I could totally say like I want tater tots, but I don't want them now. But I'm going to want them later, and just like sacrificing a greasy pocket to make that happen. I, uh, <laughs> I actually, oh God, I remember I disgusted a cousin of mine once when uh, I ate a Hot Pocket out of the trash. Oh, how far in the trash was this, man? Come on, you have to give details. What kind of trash can was it? How far was it in? Was it it on top of papers? It it wasn't, all right, it wasn't like a public ballpark trash can, okay? This wasn't like a playground trash can. It was, I had to move some papers out of the way. But yeah, somebody... It's a, You're still not saying where the trash can is, but okay. <laughs> I'm getting to it, Aaron, okay? okay? <laughs> no, the, the trash can is in our vacation home where our families are renting a house in Wildwood for the weekend. And uh, somebody had a Hot Pocket. They took a bite, decided they didn't like it, and they threw it in the trash. And I said, that's wasteful. So, like, it's not like anybody had dumped coffee grounds or, or I an agree. ashtray. I agree on the wasteful aspect, but not eating it. <laughs> I mean, uh, let, let me uh, let me be yeah. crystal clear here. I know it's gross. I just don't think it was more gross than sacrificing a hot pocket. Did I mention I have issues with food? Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I am. I'm. I'm a few lbs up right now from the holidays. Like it went up over Thanksgiving, and it still has not come down yet. Dude, it's okay. Treat yourself a little bit. Just know when to get it off. That's really what it comes down to. Is this from vegan food or outside food? Uh, there's been more outside food. That okay. uh, So, wait, has your girl made you vegan yet? Uh, dude, I mean, I eat outside food, but, like, I don't really cook for myself that much. And when I did mm. cook for myself, it would either be steak or pork chops, like, once a week. But, like, I like pork chops more. But, like, there were some times where I would look at the steak and just, like, I don't know, maybe I didn't just make it right. It would just kind of gross me out. So if I get steak now, I mean, I'll get steak if I go to a restaurant or I'll get steak if it's, like, you know, in Chipotle or something. But, like, as far as making it, it kind of grosses me out. And definitely as far as um, trying to eat certain food, like, I could get go to a place and get, like, you know, frozen uh, pulled pork, and it doesn't taste – nearly as good and i almost struggle to finish it now so i'll get a pulled chicken instead so i'll eat chicken okay. that's one of my things like but i try to eat grilled chicken um but i was like i eat pretty healthy when i'm not with my girlfriend but it's like typically eat two meals and there might be a frozen like breakfast bowl a bagel and then i get a lot of fruits and stuff like that so okay see yeah. i'm what i'm trying to do in the new year is my whole thing is perry's been trying to give me more vegan food and it's delicious like uh I will say the one thing about vegan food is they they figured out cheese. I am very happy only vegan cheese. Bro, bro, dude. See, I made like a banging vegan mac and cheese last night. Dude, and have, I'm going to have, have – that's so gone, good, dude. It's so have good. you guys gone to Blackbird Pizza yet? I'm not – dude, honestly, I, we go to this consistent – we go to a, a consistent pizza place. I'm not mm. sure if that's the name. I could ask our – it possibly could be. But we do they, get a lot they, of good vegan pizza. Not not only the cheese on that pizza, but the cheese they use for like uh, the cheese whiz for cheese fries. It's okay. it's amazing. It's so goddamn good. But what I was gonna get at is, um, so my basic general thing is Perry's veganism is environmental. 
And mine is more like, can I justify killing animals? So for me, my whole thing has always been, I mostly stick to chicken and turkey. Uh, I, I don't like eating beef or pork just because I think cows and pigs are kind of intelligent. Not to mention, it, it is just a bummer when you look into it. Like they live like 10 to 15 years naturally, yet we just slit their fucking mouths when they're 10 months old. What? No, you really thought into this. Well, the, my whole thing is like, so I've been saying like, oh yeah, I mostly do chicken and turkeys. I, I try to avoid beef and pork, but then like I'll go and get pork kibasi every three weeks. So my New Year's resolution is like, let me try to actually stick to this. Let me try to do no beef, no pork, nothing. And just my, my theory with chickens and turkeys is if you have two chickens next to each other and you cut one chicken's throat, the other one just kind of stands there and bucks. So like they want to be food. That's it. They want to be food. They're, they're dumb enough that I can eat them. And it is not a solid theory, but uh, it keeps meat in my belly for now. And so that's the justification I need at the moment. All vegan except for... Chicken and turkey. And okay. eggs. And eggs. I'm, I don't I'm think turkey's eggs. that good. I could keep eggs and chicken. That's not too bad, honestly. See, really, well, you gotta yeah. say, when, it, when it comes to turkey, usually... Usually my turkey is just replacing my pork. I'm getting turkey bacon, turkey okay. scrapple. Like, uh, okay. not, unless it's like you, Thanksgiving, I don't do like turkey turkey. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Dude, like, so are you cooking vegan too or does she only cook? I, I help out. There's, there's stuff I can, uh, I can make at this point. She does peanut butter noodles like once a week. I'm at the point now where like uh-huh. I make that and she makes the sauce because that's, that, that's easy. It's, it's tofu, it's noodles, and then literally whatever fucking vegetables you have laying around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she does like all the cooking. Like I stay out of the way. I do the dishes, but that's really it. Like, I mean, I want to eventually like learn how to cook vegan or even just get small vegan like frozen meals, to be honest, that are you know, healthy as opposed to other non-vegan frozen meals. But like, like I said, I typically don't eat that. Uh, I had to be on sausage before I came here and I got that instead of like the Dunkin' Double Sausage. Like, like I used to always get that. Oh yeah. Like dude, I go to, um, so her, her mother lives up in like central Jersey where they have the number one thing we don't have in this area. And that would be White Castle. And okay. Dude, White Castle Impossible Burgers are Ooh. fucking great. Dude, honestly, like, I feel like all I've seen White Castle advertised, particularly in like, you know, regular stores is just like the small little slider burgers. I've never actually been to a White Castle had the bigger burgers. It's like good. The the slider burgers are great, but the frozen ones are obviously missing something. Okay. Like if you're getting them from the place, but anyway, we got way off topic. Um, I have to be very, very honest. Uh, once I realized that I could not get the audio playing over the share, it kind of fucked up a lot of my game plan here. But we still have stuff going on. Um, yeah, that's good. What do, you, what do you think of Uncle Rico? Uncle Rico seems to be the guy that everybody kind of loves to hate. Dude, he's a creep. <laughs> yeah. He's literally a creep. He gave, like, two different sets of teenage girls flyers for breast enhancement. Like, come on. And then, like, basically, right. tried to ruin 
fucking Napoleon and Pedro's campaign because of it. it almost did, mm-hmm. almost worked out, Uncle Rico. And then basically Napoleon beats him up at the end. <laughs> like, okay. you know, that was the dumbest shit. <laughs> like, okay, I'm going, I, I, I'm going to do an exercise in being a devil's advocate here. So, uh, yeah. Uncle Rico wasn't... <laughs> Uncle Rico wasn't creeping on young high school girls because he was trying to give them a pamphlet to make their breasts grow. So how can he be a pedophile if he just wants them to be more womanly, you know? Yeah. He wants them to be more adult, if anything. I think that's the opposite of a pedophile. <laughs> Hell yeah, uh, 18. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Rico. Yeah, uh, dude is, I don't know. It was just like, Dude, it was just weird. I just, like, he just went from, like, this was such a, like you said, a Midwest movie. They don't have any real jobs. And he just go, he, what was he trying to sell? He was selling Tupperware. He was selling Tupperware, and then he was selling, like, basically herbal dick supplements only for tits. He was selling herbal yeah. tit supplements. Oh, and he got beat up by, was it, like, the trans? Uh, no, 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 it wasn't trans. She was a bodybuilder. She was a bodybuilder. She and was then a bodybuilder, and then yeah, Rex Kwando, the the karate oh, yeah. instructor. The, yeah, I, I I love that the karate instructor was like the most famous person at the time to appear in the movie, and almost twenty years later is still the most famous person in the cast. Really? Yeah, he was on like the Drew Carey show for years. I know that. Yeah, he was in a bunch of stuff, but um, shit, I forgot what I was. Uh, yeah uncle rico what else about yeah uncle rico is just weird yeah uncle rico i like that he's uh he's very he reminds me kind of a little bit of a combination of like hank hill and al bundy in that he has that like i could have been great past that his his whole thing is that he was on the high school football team he was like on the bench he wasn't even starting line but he's maintained ever since like the year they went to state champions and lost. Like if, you know, if he had just put me in, if coach would have just put me in, I know would have thrown 150 yards and my whole life would be different whole life, which made me, made me wonder. I actually wrote a question based on that. So his entire thing is based on like, if not for the, I would have been incredible. If not for this, can you think of something in your life? That like, had you done something different, your life would be in t- like a specific point. I'm not saying like, oh, if I did, if I decided to become an astronaut, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking like, if I had done this, I would be a different person right now. Oh, dude, you're putting me on a spot. God damn. Ah, uh, if I, I would. Mean, it's, it, it's enough for Uncle Rico that he actually asks uh, Brother Kip if the internet he knows anything about time travel so if we had bought our own time travel machine from the internet and electrocuted our balls with it where would we go back to right the wrongs i would uh soccer definitely i feel like uh you want to elaborate on that if I knew then what I know now as far as training and preparation and things like that, I feel like I probably Aaron, would have Aaron, been my, better my, my, as my, my I got older. My listeners don't know anything about your background with soccer. Were you like no, uh, I basically soccer? played no, basically I played uh when I grew up in Philadelphia, uh 
I was playing soccer all throughout the Northeast, all throughout South Philly. I played for Fountainville, Cohox, Palumbo. So for, um, for, for the listeners who, who can't see, Aaron is like a very tall, lanky. Black man. Thank you for saying that part so I didn't have to. Yes. Oh, yeah. For but, but all you have, but viewers you, out there. You, you, have the, you have the sinewy, sinewy lanky muscle of a soccer player. Yeah, or people think I play like basketball or football or I run track. People think I'm athletic, but then black people find out I play soccer and are like disappointed. <laughs> and then they like ask me like, dude, do you know who, do you know Pele? It's like, dude, Pele hasn't played since the 70s. He's not even from America. He's from Brazil. There's so many different black players, but soccer is just not the number one sport in this country. But like mm-hmm. going back to what I was saying, so I was playing soccer all throughout South Philly, the Northeast. And a coach from Bucks County had seen me. I was playing for this all-Hispanic team. And we beat his team in outdoor, like, 4-0. And we beat him indoor, 10-0. And he saw me, and then he wanted me to come join their team. So for about a year, my grandparents were taking me from South Philly to Bucks County um, to Yardley. And I was going there to practice twice a week and sometimes games on either Saturday or Sunday, in addition to games in other states as well. So, like, After about a year of my grandparents just, like, taking me, we eventually just moved up there. And in fifth grade, I moved up to Bucks County. I lived in Bucks County for, like, ten years. But Okay, so um, they were really, like, trying to put you on the course to do something with this. uh, Yeah, I mean, like, it was just, like, I was just really serious. Like, I was really into travel soccer. Um, I played for, like, a number of different teams. So I played for a few teams up in Bucks County and then – in Jersey, I played for about three different teams in North and Central Jersey. Um, ended up playing two years of high school soccer. So my first year, I played JV soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like the only freshman that got pulled up to varsity for the playoffs. I didn't play. Like the team was really good. Mm-hmm. That was in front of us. But, but you um, were excelling. Yeah, I was excelling. I, I was good. But like sophomore year, I decided not to play. And I only decided to play club. Just because I honestly, I mean, I was always academics was like a big part of my life uh-huh. and club soccer is honestly more important than high school soccer. Um, as far as recruitment, like recruiting doesn't get done from high school soccer because a lot of the coaches are people that they use as gym teachers, baseball coaches, football coaches, things like that. Mm-hmm. And even the kids aren't kids who play soccer year round. So I just decided not necessarily because of that, but I just wanted to focus on getting my grades up because my grades weren't good the year before to try and play college soccer based on what I was doing for um, club soccer. Mm -hmm. So uh, sophomore year, I ended up playing for like a team in North Jersey. Um, I always careful with the North and Central Jersey because I'm not even careful. People in North Jersey and Central Jersey always get confused. Like I really believe there's a Central Jersey to be honest, but people debate that, which is so fucking stupid. I know. I I agree because I think South Jersey people are fucking annoying and North people are really fucking annoying and Central people are just kind of okay. They're fine. Yeah, they're chill. They're like in the middle ground. I honestly like Jersey in a lot of parts. Mm -hmm. Like Jersey is pretty nice, but like People were considering like trying to call Trenton South Jersey from North Jersey. I'm like, are you serious? That's like right across like the bridge from me. Yeah. But like I played for a team in North Jersey um, called Marlboro and we won the state championship when I was 16, but I got injured. Okay, so, unlike, so unlike Uncle Rico, you actually did win the state. Yeah, so I got injured that year. And so what had happened was, I don't know, it was just like all throughout the year, like I've always had like tight hamstrings as a kid and knee issues and things like that. And like, I forget, like maybe when I was younger, I went to a doctor and 
stretched and did different things like that. Um, but as I got older, whatever, my knee was starting to hurt more and it was hurting to the point where I, I could literally just tap my knee with my finger and it would just like kill me. Jeez. And so we're just playing in a game and nothing happened. Like I just went to pick up a ball. Like I was a goalkeeper. I went to pick up the ball in a box. I put up lame on my hamstring and my hamstring was just killing me. So like I went over to the sideline and I felt like a ball or something like floating around in my knee. My knee was, yeah. I was like, ah, and apparently it was like cartilage that had broken off. Jesus so was, Christ. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like, I mean, it hurt definitely, but it wasn't like an impact injury or anything like that. It wasn't like it, an ACL. Was, like this was just like the, straw that broke camel's back like um, it was, it was would, happening one way or another it was eventually going to hurt after it was eventually going to get injured after all those years of pain just from being a kid through knee pains i don't know if it's hereditary or what maybe i think my mom might have had some knee issues as well when she was a kid but um so i was out six to i was about out nine months and i didn't go back to that team because in my head, like I was planning to play for that team the next season. I ended up winning the state championship, but I got injured like the quarterfinals. Um, and I was planning to go back to that team. And we like messaged the coach and the coach said like, they ended up choosing like another goalkeeper mm. to play on a team. And his whole thing was like, I was a lot of times, like I was coming from like these teams in Jersey. I was the only player from PA and his whole excuse was just like, this guy is like a neighborhood kid. He's like familiar. And this kid had been training with us um, just on the side. He was like on a different team in our age group. But like the coach ended up bringing him in. Like it wasn't because of my performance or anything. I was just injured. It was just that kind of hurt. And basically I missed that year and then missed because it happened in the summer of my sophomore year. So I missed my junior year of high school soccer when I wanted to go back and play. So I didn't really play club soccer my so you just got junior year or senior. So you just got like hurt at a really bad time and then never. Yeah, I got hurt at a really, up. yeah, I got hurt like at a really bad time. And I mean, I was ready to go back because high school soccer doesn't start till November. Uh, well, no, club soccer doesn't typically start till November, but that's different now because they play club all year round. But like club would typically kind of take a break for high school from August to about maybe the first or second week of November and club would resume anywhere between second week of November and Thanksgiving for like tournaments. Um, but so I would have probably been ready in time for the season, but it was just one of those things where it's like, I don't know. It was just like a shitty situation. Do you think you would have gone pro had like nothing? Ever oh, gone? I wasn't trying to go pro. I was just, it was like one of those things where it's like, even in comedy, like I struggle now where it's just like, what are your actual goals? But it's just like, I just wanted to play college soccer. And I had my head, in my head, like I, I had an idea. It was like, Oh, I wanted to play, d1 this or the other but like at the end of the day like i ended up going to um i was being recruited between millersville and arcadia and because what i decided to do was just go to they have high school soccer camps where you could be recruited or you could reach out to the coach before overnight camps go there and i reached out to the coach from millersville because they have a really good soccer program um i reached out to him did well at the camp um he told me that he was interested in having me come on a team. They finished ranked like they were semifinalists in D2 that year. And I decided not to go because they had a goalkeeper with they had a couple goalkeepers with like multiple years of eligibility. Um, so I ended up going to Arcadia University instead. And it just so happened that the coach for Arcadia was a goalkeeper coach that had trained me up at Rutgers when I was 12 and he had known, uh, had knew me. So I ended up going to Arcadia. 
Um, and it was cool. I mean, it was close to home. And honestly, like, I'm one of those people like, I value – it's weird. I value academics more than soccer because I value academics a lot, even though I feel like I don't necessarily – use my degree or feel like I necessarily use my intelligence as much as I should sometimes. Um, I I went to school for radiology and my, my main employment has been like social media marketing, like shit. Yeah. That's very interesting. I feel like, so you wanted to be in that field at the time. No, you know what it was? I didn't give a shit about radiology. It's just, I grew up very, very poor and I just wanted like guaranteed income. So to me, like, you know, something medical, something, you know, Anything medical is essentially recession proof. And, uh, you know, it, I, I thought that would push me like right into the middle class. But then my school stopped. Um, they, they had a transfer program with like a local hospital. So like you would go get your associates and then transfer to either Cooper or Jefferson. And then Cooper and Jefferson both dropped their fucking programs. So I had this associates I couldn't fucking do anything with. So I said, eh, fuck it. I'll go start a band. And yeah. <laughs> so that would be one of my... Uh, I don't know. I, I have a few time travel things. I would love to have started comedy four or five years earlier. I started at okay. 27. Uh, not good. Uh, when I was like 19, 20, again, going to that college thing, I had a friend and his brother who went backpacking all over the world, asked me to come with them. And I said, oh, I got to stay and go to college for a degree I'll never fucking use. And uh, I missed out on that. And that bums me the fuck out. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I turned 34 in October. And you started comedy at what age? 27. Uh, That isn't too bad, honestly. I started at 24. I paused for a second because I saw the battery thing. I'm sorry, go on. Sure. No, no, go ahead. We can pause. No, no, you're good. You're good. What were you saying? Oh, okay. Um, What the fuck was I going to say? Uh, the, the problem for me is if I had started earlier, just because I tended to stay out till like two o'clock in the morning before that, just with friends that I was making movies and band shit with, uh, I could have been using that time before I had to work nine to five to sustain myself when I was like living at home and shit. That would have been great time to be doing comedy and staying out till 2 a.m. By the time I actually started doing comedy, I would like okay, I need to be at work at nine o'clock. So I will leave here at 11 by, which is not great for networking. Yeah, but it's also responsible um, in that sense because you realize like I can't waste this time because I have an actual job. Um, it's, it's stupid in my head for people who get into comedy um, and they automatically just, hey, I'm not going to have a day job. I'm going to have this gig job because it takes a while to become good. If you're able to find a balance between like work and then actual comedy, go ahead and do that. And I mean, I don't have that like myself really. I mean, my job is odd hours, like for UPS is either four to nine in the morning or it's mm-hmm. like anywhere between 11 and nine um, from the evening to the morning. But at the same time, um, I mean, it could be worse. I could have like a gig job that where it's like you have a gig job well, people are out of jobs right now. What do you do? So it's like, if you can yeah. do comedy and have a job and also allows you to save up money to a point where, hey, I may want to quit this job and get a different job and so I can pursue comedy more. Why not fucking do that? Um, yeah. But yeah, but I feel like too many See, people that, just try to get into it. Like you need to get, you need to be broke in order to do this because like you're going to take a I hit did, regardless I, I, I doing a lot of things. I have never understood that just because me personally, I have never had like, 
a fulfilling creative drive when I'm worried, like, how the fuck I'm going to pay rent. Like, yeah. I just, I, I cannot relax enough to do that. Yeah, I don't have the ability to do, um, like, four and five different hustles. Like, I'd rather have one job, this is five to eight hours, or whatever number of hours I need to get to make a certain amount of money, as opposed to, okay, like, I have nothing. I have to just rely on, okay, let me start this thing up that's not guaranteed money right here. It's like, I don't have that drive. Like, I don't have that creative drive to do that. Like, I feel like the best thing you could do is continue to have a day job as long as you can and pursue comedy and then make the necessary changes when you make the necessary changes. But like everybody's situation is different, but at the same time, it's like, why be broke on purpose for something that takes a while to become good at? Like, it's a commitment. So it's just like, it's, it's literally, it's yeah. a marathon, not a sprint. I, I, Look at I, this. I find nothing romantic in poverty. Like, I, I grew up yeah. in that shit. I, I don't see the fucking yeah. slumming. Yeah. But, yeah, my lifestyle has definitely changed doing comedy as far as like, you know, being more frugal and not having things. But it's just like the whole romance, like the romanticization. Is that, did I say that right? Romanticization. Romanticization. Oh, how did I say that? Romantic, um, romanticization. Yeah, romanticization yeah, of being poor is like, or poverty. Like, I don't understand that either. So. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people I know who do do that, the the answer is uh, they have parents who will throw them money whenever they need it. Okay, well, like, they're technically, yeah. I love my mother very much. She has a couch for me whenever I need it. If I need five bucks, she doesn't have it. So Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that's right. We're talking about Napoleon Dynamite. Again, What once the, once the clips didn't work, everything got kind of fucked up, so. It's okay. First episode. This is what we're doing. This is still engaging content, right? You guys aren't leaving me, right? I need you. I love you. I can't make it anywhere without my listener babies. Um, it's hard to just jump into this because it's so fucking random. I mean, okay, you know what? Yeah. Let's let's continue to make the, the argument that something is not quite right with Napoleon. Uh, Pedro tells him he should draw a picture of this girl, Trisha, if he wants her to go out. And it's a terrible uh, picture. Terrible, she, terrible picture. Yeah. Yeah, she was just straight up offended by the picture. <laughs> oh, that, ooh, you know what? Now that I think about it, okay. Have you ever had an experience where uh, somebody, all right, you know what? I would just tell my story and then you tell me if you have something corresponding. The girl I lost my virginity to, um, I shouldn't have. It was, it was bad, it was bad. I was not attracted to her. I was desperate. It happened. This girl fell in love with me after the fact. And like, she sent me, she sent me a letter that she'd written in school. Uh, and it was pretty, she, I remember she specifically had the line, like, I feel like I've been Dorothy wandering in black and white. And now I've found you in the world's colorful, like Oz. Now, Bear in mind, after she and I, after I lost my virginity to her, I found out that she had had a threesome with my best friend and his girlfriend like a week before. So there was nothing uh, just romantic about it. What? There's nothing romantic about it. <laughs> There's nothing romantic about it. No, it was just upsetting. And I mean, you know, actually, no, I can't say I really like there was no like, I'll totally be your boyfriend if you have sex with me. It was always like, yeah, oh. Okay, let's let's do this. But this makes me think of that of like somebody trying to be romantic and just being like, nah. 
Nah. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have the social skills to do it. And then basically, like I said, it's one of those things where he doesn't have the social skills. And then an idiot like Ojo Rico was like, yeah, you should do this thing where you should draw a picture for this girl and give it to her. Maybe she'll go out with you. Oh, and she gets I, the guilt trip to go out with her. Like, she's totally appalled by the picture. Like, I feel like at least she could have faked being happy for the picture. But she was just like straight up like over repulsed. Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, well, at, at the same time, though, she wasn't there when he gave, I think she, she, she yeah. I think he gave her the picture and then left. So it wasn't like he was right there and she was opening up being like, oh, fuck this. I think he was somewhere else. But of course, her mother made her go to the dance with her anyway. Um, oh, are you still there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, dude, actually, it says like low battery, and I have it plugged in. All right. Oh. Okay. Um. You know what? Let's steam. Let's steamroll through this. And it's like five percent. Let's steamroll right. through this. If it turns off, it turns off. Uh. Real quick though, what is the worst dating advice you've ever gotten? Like the way Uncle Rico gives advice. Do you have? I think immediately of uh my dad who. You know, my dad grew up in the 70s, so to him, if I played guitar, which I did, he thought girls should just be following, falling all over me. Like, yeah, bring a, bring a guitar to a party and just, like, play in the corner, which is so, like, I think that's, like, a trope of the annoying guy, and that was, like, the terrible advice my father was giving me, thinking it was still, you know, 1977, like, play Stairway to Heaven for her, and, you know, girls will fall all over. I'm like, nah, dad, that's not working. I didn't really have good advice because uh, I'm, not, I'm not looking for good advice. I'm looking for the bad advice. The bad. I didn't. I didn't really have. Basically, my grandfather. He literally told me once. He was just like, uh, "Never be attracted to money or beauty," and that's why I basically. Oh, that's took, a, that, that, that. That, that, that's great advice for a 13 year old. Yeah, that's a great advice for like a 13 year old, and he was like born in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. So it was like one of those things where like that was his best advice. And my dad said he never had game. He had personality, but my dad was married like six times. So obviously he had game. So that's a fucking yeah. lie. <laughs> so it's like, dude, you're married that many times. You have some game. Like, don't bullshit everyone, bro. And so that's the advice that I got. It's just like, come on, bro. Um, All right. You know, we're just going to jump straight to the end of the movie since we're running out of stuff here. Uh, the dance. The dance yes. is the big one that everyone seems to remember. Um, I read in some of the production that when they were filming the movie, they had no idea what song they were going to get the rights to. On top of that, they were running out of film. This was before digital, so they only had so much film stock. So pretty much they told the star, John Hader, like, listen, we have 10 minutes of film. Uh, go out there and don't fuck it up. Like, this is the only chance we're going to get. So yeah. he made up the dance as he went to three different songs. They ended up going with a Jamiroquai song. Um, the dance is pretty good, actually. Yeah. Uh, that was the one he was practicing with LaFonda, right? Yes. He, he goes to like some uh, Goodwill store and he finds a, a VHS called uh, Dequan's Dance Grooves. So he's already practicing dancing and then uh, LaFonda gives him a mixtape, which he dances to. Yeah. Once again, I think it was a shitty ending. <laughs> like they're just making fun of the kid. Like that, that's. Well, I, I mean, I, I think what they're trying to put across in the movie is that like this is the thing that breaks through. Like people genuinely enjoy his dance because yeah. Pedro ends up winning on the basis of it. Which uh, isn't that such the high school thing where like 
movies kind of teach us like if you just do one cool thing like everyone will change their opinion on you like i yeah dude i'm at one percent right now i'm sorry that's okay all right what we're gonna say right now is in case aaron gets kicked off at any second uh again follow him aaron bell comedy all the things um shit you tell me your social media real quick uh aaron bell comedy on instagram uh dark skin gumble on twitter aaron bell on facebook that's it okay um yeah you know what i i think we really kind of covered everything we i don't know we, we we meandered a little bit but i think we got it we've been going over an hour again this is the first yeah, we got one a lot the, um oh yeah so the movie ends pedro wins the presidency we see him celebrating with his cholo cousins in the park Napoleon plays tetherball when Deb arrives. Oh yeah, there's a whole thing in here where like uh, Rico goes to Deb and offers her tit enhancement. Oh and says, yeah, like, Napoleon said you could use it. And uh, yeah, and then she got mad at Napoleon and basically said, "If you're not good enough for me, you don't need me as a friend or some shit along that line." Yeah, there is. A, it's very unclear whether like I mean, there seems to be some kind of romantic underlings, but like all through, like she goes to the dance with Pedro, even though she says they're just friends. And then, uh, Pedro passes her off. Yeah. You're <laughs> that's right, like a fucking pimp. Like, yeah, I'm done with her. You take her, bro. For real. God, I've actually seen, I remember there was a really trashy family in my hometown and that actually happened once. Like the brother, there were two brothers and the one brother just like kind of got sick of his girlfriend and gave his girlfriend to his brother. Yo, like real, uh, real hand me down, just like regular hand me downs. Like it's a little too big for you right now, but you'll grow into it. And Aaron is gone. Okay, well, yeah, Aaron's uh, thing was not charging properly. We did our best to make it work, but yeah, go check him out on all the things. Yeah, it, it's gonna take me a minute to get used to this new format. I know we wandered off there a little bit. I still think it's entertaining. That's what's important um again next week we were doing pop punk i'm glad we had this episode so i know how to audio share properly yeah i probably would have stopped the show and uh set that up on its own but we actually already spent like a half hour dealing with technical difficulties so i hope you guys have enjoyed please tune in next week for pop punk and after that Everybody get your copy of Crying A Lot 49. Read along with us. We're going to be going to Pinchon's seminal work. And uh, we're going to do that for like four episodes. Please forgive as we, you know, iron out the kinks here. We're going we're gonna to figure stuff out. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. All right. Um, Kill Your Gods podcast, episode one. That was Aaron Bell. You guys have a nice week. We'll see you next week to talk about Pop Punk.